Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Late Flag, the aftermatch show of the LFC Red Coach podcast. Tonight, we're going to look back on Liverpool's 3-1 away victory to last in the Europa League. And I'm joined tonight by Tom Keegan, Mike Wilson and Ben Kent Jr. Unfortunately, Pete can't be with us tonight, so he sends his apologies. So, away we go, lads. So, um, 11 changes from the game against Wolves on Saturday. I'll start with you, Tom. Was that really the team you expected and did you expect as many changes as Jürgen made? Yeah, I think so, lads. I think it was it was more or less predicted in most of the papers this morning, wasn't it? All the local journalists and everyone give the team and that he was spot on, more or less. I think... I, I don't... I, I, I was glad he gave Ben Doak a chance, uh, you know, like a run out. And I think it, it worked out well for him. Lovely to see Glavin Batch. Uh, I think, yeah, overall, I think that was the team. And I, I don't, don't think there would have been too many shocks, really. Ben, what did, what did you think? Were you, were you sort of happy with the team? Um, you know, were you expecting as many changes? Or did you expect maybe a little bit of a mixture from the team from Saturday? And, you know, the team that he put out tonight. Yeah, I must admit, it didn't shock me, the amount of changes. I think with it being the the Europa League, not the Champions League, I think we can afford to make more changes. I did think, the, I didn't think there'd be as many as 11 changes. I, I'm glad that Kelleher played. I had a feeling, though, that he might have stuck with Ali, just because he didn't play for Brazil. Um but I'm glad that Kelleher played because I think he's he's too good not to get a few games a season. So, yeah, like what Tom said as well about uh, Doak, I thought he gave a good account of himself, especially in the first half. Um, and Gravenberg looks to me like he's got a bit about him. Um, I like the way he ran with the ball and was positive. I think the good thing about this competition is we're going to get more chances to see experiments, aren't we? Um, you know, if we were in the Champions League, which I'm guessing we all wish we were, we wouldn't get the opportunities to bed a few more players in. Um, so, yeah, you know, every cloud and everything. You know, so, I think it's looking quite good. I just wish we'd stop conceding the first goal in every game. Yeah, Mike, again, we conceded first, but there were first starts tonight. You know, Ben's mentioned Kelleher there, but you know, Costas coming for his first start of the season, had the Pachetic. It was Endo's second start, first start for Gravenbach and Elliot. Um, so, how did you think those players did? And do, do you think it was a bit, it's a little bit um, sort of over-expectance of them just to come in from the cold, so to speak, and start playing as though, you know, they've been they've been playing regular football because it's it can sometimes take players a while to get into the stride. Um I'm gonna get I'm gonna get me, me non-excuse in right at the start. It was an absolutely shocking pitch. Correct. You could tell, you could tell that from the, the, the first minute. And I think that stops people settling into the game. They need three or four touches to control the ball. And I think that that was a bit of a so when you're not used to playing together and and you haven't got that consistency of the people around you, you kind of just want a bit of time on the ball. But I think that that kind of screwed them up a little bit. That that you 
know, three or four touches. Um, but then you then you look at the whole game, and they should have been, you know, even in the first half, they should have been far too good. That, I mean, Lasky is actually from pot two, weren't they? So they're actually that that in theory is our hardest game in the group uh, because that's the pot two team away. Um, but we should have we should have not had the problem. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't take anything away from the, the goal. I thought the goal that they scored. You know, he won't score a goal like that again in a in a in a, in a rush. And and actually, when he saw it half time, they did it really well. They blocked our two runners that were going to run out to to block him. Um. So so the, the you know the, the goal was a great thing for them to score, but we 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 should have then you know started to run the game. But I think there were there were one or two players who who. Throughout the game, never really hit their heights. I don't think Costas hit his heights at all. Uh, and it, it, his embarrassment at just on half time when Virgil played the ball to him, he got it lost between his feet and then he sat on it and, and, and pushed it out of play. That was a bit um, strange. But um, yeah, I, I liked, you know, Doak. I thought there was one ball he played across the box where if he just had a, you know, a, a it's the sort of position, it's the Gakpo position, isn't it? The back post. Gakpo would have scored that goal from the one he put across. I thought Doak had a decent first half. I'd love to see him in a team where he's playing with Soboslai and people like that that are kind of seeing him through because that's when you'll see how good he is. When he's got the right people around him instead of a load of other people we've brought in. But they should have been good enough. And in the end, they were despite a very strange penalty. Tom, Mike just mentioned there about you know, the pitch was a bit was a bit sticky. And I agree with that. I, I thought that the pitch was, was a bit of a leveller in many ways because Liverpool couldn't play the ball as quick as they normally like to because it was sticking in the pitch. So taking that into account, you know, and the, the lack of the lack of game time for some of the players. Is it to be expected that that maybe Costa struggled and, and Hendo struggled? You know, it's only his, it's only Hendo's sort of second start, if you like. He had he had about you know maybe an hour against Newcastle, um. So and he come on towards the end of Villa. So do you think it's a bit it's a bit harsh to be expecting players just to to come in, take the place in the team, and and play to a level that that. We know they're capable of, and and when when theory in theory they're not much fit. Yeah, I, I think I think where the pitch is concerned, I think we we will get used to we will have to get used to that because I think in in the Europa League, I think the, the level of the teams that we're going to be playing are not going to be playing on perfect pitches. Like I would imagine, we're going to find a couple, quite a few cut teams like that along the way, Les. But uh, overall, I. I thought it, it, it was a good point. I think if you make 11 changes, you can't expect continuity from, right from all the players that, that's out there because they, the, the midfield had never played together, had he, I shouldn't imagine, ever. You know, Gavin Birch was, it was his first game. And Endo, it was only his, his probably his, his first really start as such in a game. So it's it's difficult to really to you know like to start with the ground running and gel. I agree with Mike. I thought I thought Doak 
to see the best out of Doug, my eldest boy phoned me up at half time and said said that he, he said that he was impressed with Bacchetti considering it's his first game back. And he said, with, with Doug, he said, you're better playing Doug with, when the team is playing well and you'd introduce him into a side which is which he's used to playing. I think to throw him out there and just sort of say, well, with the midfield that we had and, and sort of say, well, you know, go and do the stuff for us. And as Mike said, he put a great ball across, brilliant ball. It should have been put away by somebody. You know, it was, it was everything you want your winger to do. Get to the byline, beat your man and put the ball right in front of the goal. Which just, there was just no one there to, to apply the finishing touch. Yeah, I, it. I think overall, I, I, I think it was when when we settled down. I think once we we got the penalty, and I agree with Mike. I think it was. I, I, I said to me lads before when I, before I come on the pod, I said, you know, we'd have never got that penalty in anywhere else but Europe. You know, like he he played the shot, hadn't he? And he he the ball was away, and he caught him late. Technically, I suppose I don't know the letters of the law anymore. I used to, but like, so he caught him after the ball had gone. But it was it was a softy for me, but it was appreciated at the time. Ben, did you think that the Hendo struggle tonight and 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 sort of, you know, is it to be expected? Really, you know, he's starting in the midfield with with Ryan Gravenberch, who's He's only been with the club now for just over two weeks. Um, you know, it's his first start. And, you know, he'd never played in the same team as Arby Elliott. So, uh, you know, it's a bit too early to judge him, I, I suppose. But, you know, he did get caught a couple of times. But could that be to do again with his lack of match practice and also the lack of familiarity with the start midfield? Yeah, I mean, like the lads have alluded to, um, if you make 11 changes, you can't expect players to come in and let the world alight. I mean, the thing about Endo is um, he's only been at the club for about a month, hasn't he? He's pl- he's made one star prior to this. The two games he's played in, we've been down to 10 men um, for the, the most part of them anyway. Um, so... I think it is too early to judge him. He did look miles off it tonight. I'm not going to lie about that. But I quite like the look of Endo from what I've seen and heard about him from his previous club in Germany. He seemed to be... He went back there, didn't he, during the international break um, and got a bit of a hero's welcome from all of his ex-teammates. So he's obviously a very likeable lad um, and he comes across that way. So I think it would be criminal to judge him now. I think, um, like what I think Mike was saying, that if you throw players in now, um, that hasn't played together, you you can't judge them. You know, you you need to judge these players coming on for half an hour at the end of the games in our first choice team, especially the young lad like Doak. who I still think he looks a terrific player. The, the amount of times he skinned their fullback tonight, he just looks a little bit like he's still, um, when he comes to the final ball, he's a little bit too quick to make the decision. But he, he's, what, 17? Um, so you can't be too critical of him. But I think out of our academy of late, he looks like the one that will make it, um, him and Bashekic. 
Um, and it was good to see him again, wasn't it? Like, you know, after the best part of six months, I think, that he's been out. Um, so for him to get minutes out there looks good. But I, I think the way we've started the season, the way these four midfielders have come in, you wouldn't say any of them rarely look out of place. You know, you, I'd say Endo is slightly different category, but the other ones, they look like they've been here for a while, especially Sabozlai. I mean, even when he came on today. I mean, what a player. <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying not to get carried away, but every time he comes on the pitch, you think, he's a bloody good player, him. Yeah. Um, he just makes it look so easy, doesn't he? Glides around the pitch. Like, um, so I, I think as long as he stays fit, I, I think we'll have a terrific season. Mike, what did you make of Stefan Preschetic tonight? First time he played as sort of a right-back, stroke the inverted full-back role. Um, it was great to see him back. Do you think that might be an option in the future if we're going to play, if we're going to play that system? Do you think he could be a long-term option there? Or is it was it just a case of, you know, as I as I sort of suggested when we did the the late flag after the after the game against Wolves, that we couldn't really risk starting Joe Gomez today just in case Trent needs a few more days to be ready, um, you know, for the for the game against West Ham and he, he just doesn't make it, and you know if we'd have played Gomez again tonight, especially that heavy pitch, you know, we could have had a problem at right back. So, how did you think Stefan did? So, I'll, I'll, by the way, uh, going behind early is a, a good thing to do because Brighton had just done it. So, uh, um, so it, all the best teams do it. So, don't worry, Brighton, you'll come back. Um, I love Bacetic, and 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 I thought he got. I I thought he got a little bit of hospital passes early in the game. I have I have this thing that really annoys me. Um, when our defence, and it's usually the two centre-backs and the goalkeeper, stand there with the ball still at their feet. And then, you know, it's almost like they invite the, the, the forwards on, but then they don't have a plan to get out of there. And the number of balls at right back he got with players almost on it in the, in the first kind of 15, 20 minutes made him look all at sea, I think. But he settled into it. And I think in the start of the second half, I saw him doing the, the trend bit where he came into midfield, looked far more secure. I think he can do that. I think I think on a better pitch where, you're, where you trust your first touch and possibly at home, I, I wouldn't be disappointed to see him play that. Perhaps wouldn't want to see him play there against Manchester City. But if we were playing Luton at home, I wouldn't be at all bothered uh, to see him there because he's a really good footballer. Um, I like him. I, I'd, I'd still like to see him, you know, play his proper role uh, at, at some point in time because I think he's he's really one for the future. Tom, what did you make of Harvey Elliott's performance, especially in the first half? I thought he vastly improved in the second. Um, and Luis Diaz is another one. I thought Louis had a lot of the ball in the first half and was going down a lot of blind alleys and trying to overplay. But again, that could have been down to the pitch. And the same with with Harvey. Harvey didn't seem to be in the game in the first half. So what did you make of their performance? 
At the thought of first of all, Harvey Elliott, I thought there was loads of endeavour left, but with with none the first in the first half, especially with not a great deal of quality. He tried lots and lots of things, didn't he? I think the passing the passing was off in the first half. You know, like we were we didn't so we didn't sort of pass the ball well in the first half. <laughs> Down, the pitch played a part it, in that. The pitch is the same for both teams, Les. But like, yeah, yeah I think, I think I, it might. Have, it, 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 well, it might have done. You know, it, that, the pitch might have played a part. A part, and I think sometimes some of the passing was was poor. So, you know, like we were passing to players who weren't there. You know, like passing the ball out and, and putting it out of play. You, that's nothing to do with the pitch. I think sometimes it, we just got, I think we were, I think they come at us a, a, a little bit as you would have expected at being the home team and up very, very much up for the game and the, the minnows more or less. But I, I think the fair, I, I, overall, I think he played the second half, I think he played a lot better. I think when we got into the game, probably at, at half time when Jürgen probably had words with them of what he expected and what he wanted them to do. They were a lot better. I think Harvey Elliott was one of them. Um, so, yeah, I thought Harvey done, done okay. Diaz, I totally agree with you in the first half. I think he was sort of... He, he had lots of the ball, showed bits of quality, but sort of run out of ideas. And, you know, as you said, running down blind alleys. But... I think in the second half, his goal as his goal was absolute quality from 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 picking the ball up from 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 um from Nunes winning the ball, playing it out, and Gravenbach making the run to 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 the to the byline and the pass through. It was just pure kind of finish, just quality, and I think that's what Liverpool have got, isn't it? With with Diaz, he's. He's an exceptional talent, isn't he? He's one of them players who can make things happen. So, yeah, I think both of them probably improved massively in the second half. Thought Nunes overall, Les, although he missed a header, which I would have expected him to score there. Um, but I thought he, he was a pest all the way through the game. He worked hard. He chased everything. And, like, he deserved I thought his penalty was good. That should have been a good one for you. Taken away from Mo, the way but he, he was penalty he away. Wasn't, he wasn't on the pitch, was he? So he, no. you know, I expected him. I expected him to come on just as we got the penalty. I was expecting Mo to run on the pitch to take it. You but know, it, I, but, but, but Nunes put it away well. He he took it well. Ben, Tom, you just mentioned there about the miss in the first half. When I seen it back again, I thought Nunes put. I don't really think what else Nunes could have done. He put enough power in it. Mm. And I just think sometimes you perhaps have to give um, some praise to the opposition goalkeeper because it was one hell of a save. It was. Uh, it, like you, Les, when I watched it, I thought, how the hell has he missed that? Like you, You're watching it and you think it's easier to, to score. But when I saw it back, I thought, yeah, that's a good save, that. I still think he probably, it'll be gutted he didn't score. Um but yeah, it was a great save. The thing about Nunes, you're right, he is a pest. He's a menace, isn't he? I was listening to a podcast on the way to work yesterday and somebody just described him as what they would imagine as possibly the worst player to defend against because you never know what he's going to do. Um, he's got the pace, the strength, the height. 
and he never gives up. And I do think, I think I remember being on this this podcast that the before the season started, and I said, and I'll hold my hands up here. I said, I don't see where he fits in, and I don't know if he's in our first eleven. I certainly think he's getting closer to that first eleven if he if he hasn't already cemented the number nine role, because he definitely gives us something different, doesn't he? And I think it was good um, that he got his his goal today, even if it was for a penalty, because a goal's a goal, isn't it? And it will bring confidence to him. And he took it well. And, you know, a bit like you as well, when the penalty was given, I was thinking, they'll bring Mo on to take it straight away. Um, but his record hasn't been great for penalties of late, has it? So it's I, good I, that I, we've... I, I, I wouldn't... For Liverpool. No, I wouldn't... I wouldn't mind somebody else taking them now. Um and if Nunes is able to take them, then if it brings him confidence, then let him take them. Yeah. You know, as I say, I think Mo's had this opportunity taking penalties, but he's, his record and his last five or six penalties has been really poor. So when you get three, a penalty, hasn't he? The last three has he missed? Yeah. Yeah, he missed. He, yeah, I think he scored the one, didn't he? Got he got the against, rebound, didn't he? Yeah. He scored against Tottenham, I think, didn't he? At Anfield last year. But previous to that, he, he missed against Arsenal, he missed against Bournemouth. Bournemouth. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, you've got to have, to me, you know, there's people who take penalties and there's penalty takers, as Jan Mulby once said. Now, Jan Mulby is a penalty taker. He's a specialist. Mo is a player who takes penalties. Yeah. Now, I, I don't just don't, I think Mo Salah is a fantastic footballer, but I don't think he's a great penalty taker. And well, there's, I agree. No, yeah. there's nothing to, there's nothing, no shame in that. No. But you've, got, you've, got to, you've got to do what is right for the team. And if you get a penalty at 0-0, or you're coming back in the game, like we were 1-0 down against you know, Bournemouth last year, you've got to have your penalty taken your you know, 99.9% certain is going to score. And whenever Mo comes up to take a penalty now, I'm not I'm not convinced that he is going to score. And that's just my opinion. Tom, Tom's smiling and shaking his head. But you've been watching football long enough, Tom, to know that you know your penalty taker is is an important player in the team. You know, Michael Owen, for example, I never liked Michael Owen taking penalties because Michael used to again miss more than he scored. I always remember him missing missing one against Portsmouth in the FA Cup. Um, you know, and, and Gerard Hulier was trying to defend him. But you know, he's just not a not a good penalty taker. You know, as a footballer, Danny Murphy probably isn't fit to, to lay side to the boots. But you've got a penalty and Danny Murphy's on the field. I give the penalty to Danny Murphy every day of the week because Danny Murphy was a penalty taker. And, and when Danny went up to take the penalty, you know, I was confident that he was going to score. But that, again, is just just an opinion I've got. But a good penalty by Nunes... Um, you know, if, if he's on the field and we get the next one, you've got him, you've got Gravenbach, you've got McAllister. You can all take them, Trent. You know what I mean? So I don't know why Mo has to carry on taking them anyway. That's my that's my penalty rant over. That's <laughs> you, Tom. Um, but anyway, what did I'll go over to you now, Tom? What did you make of Ryan Gravenbach's performance? Excellent. I thought he played. Can I just say 
Uh, do you know what? He didn't do too bad walking up in the second minute of the European Cup final against Tottenham with his penalty. <laughs> the same, the same, you know that, what I mean? The that, same that was, I shouldn't imagine. I shouldn't imagine that. that, that, was, that, that was four years ago. It doesn't that matter. He didn't do. He didn't do. He didn't do such a good job when he missed that penalty against Leicester. Which he would have scored with the won the league. So yeah, do you know snap, they're, they're, so, snap, so I wouldn't start I wouldn't start throwing stones at my, my glass yet, Tom. Because people in glass houses throw stones. Well, I'll, I'll I can I can pick out a few others who cost us the league in in, in the less no, never mind. If we'd have had if we'd have had Jan Mulby or Danny Murphy on that field, right, against Leicester, they'd have scored that But as I said. They're not fit to lace most most boots as a footballer, but but yeah, there's no iron team. You give the best the penalties to the best, most reliable players to take them. So um, so we we'll wait know. and see. Go on, anyhow. Go on, Mike. Grabbenbeats, I thought played. I thought Grabbenbeats played really well. I thought yeah, he. What? I think in the first half he was a, a little bit again like most of the team, but I think he gelled into the game. I was thinking to the. I think I was thinking halfway through the game. I was thinking you've got you've got Glavin Birch, you've got you've got McAllister, and you've got Subasley, and that looks a mobile, very mobile, very fast midfield that will work very hard. And I I, I agree with what Mike had drawn at half time on the on the on the on the pod. I think he when he said he looks a baller, and I think you can see that. And he he's got quality. He's twenty one years of age. His first game in. I'm hoping it was only a bit of cramp that he had, and it was. Just yeah, I think it was. Tom. And he and he's gone off like buff, buff for that. But um, do you know, overall, I think yeah, I think he's going to be one. I don't think about Pachetic. I think Pachetic could play in the inverse of fullback role. What you were talking about before. But um, I'd, I'd like to see Pachetic in the six. Me, I think he's he could do a great job there in that Liverpool side. But um, that's just that's just um, horses for courses. I'm sure Jürgen will know where he wants the players to be. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Gravenberg showed his quality and his class. In, you know, the run that he made, you know, first of all, which enabled then, you know, the pass to go to him for the cross, for, for Diaz to score. That just shows to me, when you see things like that happen, and a new player comes to your club and it's the first time you're watching him, you see that little bit of class and you think, there's a player there. And that that was my initial thought. I mean, he got actually wiped out, didn't he, in the first minutes. And how the referee didn't give yeah, a yellow card. You know what I mean? That was probably the worst tackle of the night. And yet he didn't give it a yellow card. But he got wiped out, didn't he? And he had another few little turns and touches that I thought, showed the immense quality that he's got. And you just wonder, you know, once he gets to know the rest of the players and he gets his fitness levels up and he gets his match fitness up, I think we've got another player there, Mike. What do you reckon? I, I, I thought he was brilliant. I mean, I, I, as, as Tom said in the, the WhatsApp group, I said that, he, that he's a footballer. He's definitely a footballer. He's definitely a player. Um, it, it was just that kind of comfort that he, he was one of the few players that was happy to just use this first touch um, on that pitch and, and he was one of the few players that kind of came out of melees uh, of which there were a lot with the ball um, and uh, I, I thought it was great I mean it, 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 
it would have crowned it, wouldn't it? Towards the end, where he got his cramp. It, yeah. He had that fantastic run. And then he um, he kind of almost overstretched trying to play the pass. And if he'd slipped Diaz in there, it would have been, you know, his second assist to the game. I thought he was very good. You know, if you think about um, if you think about our midfield, he's he's completely and utterly revamped our midfield in um, in one window. There's lots of talk about Andre in January, and he's a proper six. If, if we were to get him, you you put the the three new guys that we've got. You put Andre. You put Machetic. You put Curtis. We've got a fantastic midfield, if that's the case. Um, I, you know, I think I think he's he's just another asset to this team. Um, I, 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 at the moment, the biggest issue is who's going to play six. I think yeah. Callister's wasted there. Yeah, Ben, did you did you were you impressed with with Gavin Bates tonight? And you know, um, were you were you excited for the future about what you saw? Yeah, I must admit the only time I'd ever seen him play before was when he played against us in the Champions League a couple of years ago for Ajax. Um, he does look a player. I mean, it's too early to judge now um, on the best part of, what, an hour, 70 minutes that he had today. But he, it does look like there's a player there. You normally get a sense, don't you, when they're on a player's debut, if they're gonna, if they're a player or not. And I'd like to think that I'm a good judge of a player. But there definitely looks like there's a player there. Like it, Just the way he holds himself, the way he distributes the ball, the way he runs with it. You can almost see why Jürgen has been tracking him for so long. And the fact that he didn't get him, was it 12 months ago when he signed for Bayern, when we yeah. won them then. And for him to, it's unlike Jürgen to to stick at it and say, well, actually, no, I'll, I'll try again. I can't really recall that happening in the past. So the, he's got to be a player. There's, there's no way Jürgen would have gone for him if, if he didn't see something in him. There must be a reason why he didn't get much of a game for Bayern Munich, but, you know, who cares about that? That's not our problem, is it? He does look like... I've, I've said this a few times. I just wish we would have got one of the midfield free... McAllister, Gravenberch, or Saborslai twelve months ago. <laughs> because if we would have got just one of them, we would have probably finished at least third last season. Uh, at least third. Agreed. Um, so, I'll just yeah, try I just think I say that the rest of them were that bad last year. That if we'd have got them last year, they could have looked totally different players than they do now with mm. with the others in midfield. So timing is everything, really. <laughs> so, so I'm just grateful we've got them now. To be honest, lads. Um, mm. Just moving on to to Tom. Um, you know what a what a finish by Mo and ex more excellent play by Darwin Nunes for the for the third goal. I mean, Mo looked looked so so good when he come on. You know what I mean? Just worrying them. He looked sharp. He looked keen. And you know the goal was just a sublime finish, wasn't it? Yeah, I just you know what, Les, he, he, he's a, he's on a different plane, isn't he? You know, like you, you look at him when he comes onto the pitch, and he even at 31, he, you know, like 
I hope he I hope he stays at Liverpool and I hope he doesn't go to the farmers for, for, for the farmers league over in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> but do you know what? He I hope he finishes his time at Liverpool because he, he do you know what you cannot buy quality and he is don't even even the listening to Gary Lineker on a podcast talking about him, they're starting to really come in and he never ever got the credit he deserves. I think now now even all the players who and the pundits who are looking, he, he's just a superb player. The both with the outside of his foot over to Diaz, you know, it's it's he, just brilliant. He's just and his goal just summed him up, didn't it? The, not one just wriggling through the ball coming through. And his strength to get into the position where he needed to be and put it through the keeper's legs. It's just, he's just utter quality. Really, the longer he stays fit and the longer he stays at Liverpool, I'll be, I'll be happy. You know what I think? He's just a, with someone, but you know, he's been a brilliant signing for Liverpool. Absolutely brilliant. And he, he just makes this, I think, what with our forward five, what when Ben was saying earlier about where you see Nunes. I think we were all talking about that at the start of the season and we were saying about... And I think in the last part I said to you, I don't think Liverpool have got a first, a first three in, in the forward line because, because, because they all can bring so much. Do you know what I mean? Whether, whether one's left out and one plays... You can play Gapco in the false nine and it'll be a revelation... In that position, he'll score goals. He'll do all the things that you would expect of the forwards to do. And again, you know, with Diaz, with with, with Jota can come in and score goals. The front, the front five is is just that's what makes the difference with this Liverpool side. Even even when you're a goal down, I don't like going to goal down all the time. It's not good. It's not good for your health as you get older. But I think with this front three, with this front five. We're just that it's we we'll hate anybody, Les. Yeah. And Salah just epitomizes the quality for me. Ben, Tom's made a good point there, hasn't he? About you know how good the front five is. Because if you if you take your mind back to the to the final against Kiev, you know, we had we had that brilliant front three of Salah, Bobby, and Sadio. Yet when Salah went down with that injury to his shoulder. We never had anybody to bring on, you know, another forward. And you look at the you look at the quality that we've got now is, you know, within, you know, Tom, if Tom mentioned the five there, but you know, I I, I include Ben Doak in that because you know he, he's a really good asset with his pace that you could that you could put on in games and you know when he could affect games, especially when the opposition are tired and so. We have got an abundance of riches in that area of the field, haven't we, Ben? Yeah, we sure have. Just to go back to that game in, in Kiev when Mo went off with that assault from Ramos, I think it was the midfield that cost us that day. We were just decimating the midfield when we were so light in numbers. I think Milner played in midfield for the most part of that game. But anyway, that's history, isn't it? But yeah, now, I mean, that front five, you look at it and you think, is there another team in Europe with a stronger front line? And you, you can argue, you know, City is comparable, you know, with Haaland, uh, Alvarez and that uh, winger they've just bought, Doku, is it? Um, yeah. But in terms of depth, 
I don't think there's any team in Europe, you know, with a front five that we have. Um, I just think it's incredibly exciting. I, I think this season we're going to score so many goals. We already have. I mean, how many games on the top now? We score three. Um, I just think it's going to be hopefully a bit stronger at the back than what it was like mid-90s under Evans. But I just think it's going to be really exciting to watch Liverpool this season, especially for the neutral. I think there's just going to be goals at both ends and I think we're just going to blow teams away. I, I think when Mo came on today, and I was going to ask you this question, so I'll ask it you now. Where do you think Mo ranks in LFC greats? Because I think he's right up there, you know. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, but it's really sort of difficult when you talk about you know Liverpool's greats because you know it depends how you define. Isn't well, it? I'll I'll what change if... the question a bit then. What about modern ones? Because I think he's I think his legacy now it's way better than Torres. Yeah, and it's I, his legacy is better than Suarez. I think Suarez yeah. as a player was a better player. Yeah, but that's, I think that's what the he's point of Liverpool. That's the point of coming to. It's like yeah. the it's like the debate you have is who's Liverpool's greatest ever player. Well, if you go if if you talk about that, you always come down to Kenny because of you know the, the time he played during his career, and then but then if you ask who's the best player I've seen play for Liverpool, then you know my mind always goes to Luis Suarez. So, you know what I mean? And I still don't, you know, despite how good Mo is, and don't get me wrong, Mo is a, a fantastic footballer, and I hear everything you've said is spot on. But I've never seen a player play for Liverpool like Luis Suarez did in that 13 14 season. And I still maintain to this day that that was, you know, that, that hat trick he scored against Norwich will just live with me forever and a day. You know, so so it's it, it you have to sort of you know the, the the way the question is worded or the criteria you're using to get the answer, that's where you that's where you define I would still I would still say that you know he's still he's from what I've seen, he's probably not quite yet, you know, reached the levels of a Kenny, a Rushy, a Sui. Or a Stevie, yet, but you know you talk. I think the the thing about Salah, the thing about Salah for me is when it was the front three of Mane, Bobby, Bobby and Mo. I always used to change my opinion on who was the best one because they were all they all just used to play so well as a, in tandem. But I think just for longevity and the fact that Mo never misses games. He just he, he he like Suarez. They're just built of something else. Kenny um, was funny. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's right up there now. I think I don't think he'll go to Saudi Arabia anytime soon. Did Did you see the thing this week that Jordan Henderson and Steven Gerrard's team played in front of nine hundred fans? Nine hundred sixty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> What a like joke! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lawrence, isn't it? They read that as well. Nine hundred sixty-seven, wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely madness. Do you know what you just said there, Les? A quick one, just a just a quick one on that. Do you know when you said, yeah, and I totally agree with you. The two thousand and fourteen season, Luis Suarez, incredible, unbelievable. Single-handedly could have women Gerard, but sing could have took us to the title that season. 
absolutely incredible. But do you know you look at Mo's first season with I think he scored forty four goals didn't he in his first yeah. season? That you that surely you you'd have to judge that as well. And again, the, we were talking about you know like the attack he scored Mo's three against Roman in the semi final. You know he he's been you know like I think I think it's hard to to say who's the best ever because it's such a subjective thing because you'll have everybody has their own favourite, don't they? And everyone looks at but I, I think I always think the best way to look at a footballer is when they've finished, you know, when the career and it's gone and you remember them back. And I think I think to the generations, not not me or Mike or, or yourself but younger generations in years to come will look back and talk about Mo Salah yeah. and Luis Suarez in the same breath, I would imagine, because those who've seen him, I think the both of them were incredible players and it's hard yeah. to judge, isn't it? I think I think you're right in saying that, Tom, and I think the best way to sum it up is to say that you know, the likes of Luis Suarez, Fernando Torres, Robbie Fowler, Mo Salah, you know, you could go on, you know, from the Premier League here and say, it's just been a pleasure, you know, and we've been so lucky to see them play in a red shirt. And I think that, I think that's the best way to, to sum it. Everybody will have the favourites, you know what I mean? And whoever chooses, you know, we could all pick four different favourites here and nobody would be wrong, you know? So we're just privileged to have seen them play. Just before we, I ask you for name you, your man of the match tonight, Mike. I just wonder what you thought of um, Ibu and, and Verge tonight, being back, you know, Verge's first game since he was sent off, you know, at Newcastle. Ibu, his first start, you know, for a few weeks now. So, how did you think they did? I thought they were fine. In in, in all honesty, I thought they were fine. I, I, I keep going back to the pitch. I, I don't think Verge was impacted by the pitch. I think he's just cool. And I think he was, I thought he was excellent. Uh, I think he was constantly mopping up where Costas was making a uh, little, little mistake. I love Costas. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not lowering up, loading on him. I, I do love him. I just thought he had a mare tonight. But but I, I thought Verge was fine. I thought, can I take up court a little bit? And I, and I still go back to my, um, I, I think the pair of them and Kelleher spent too much time stood still on the ball. Um, you know, maybe they thought it was too easy. Maybe they were, maybe there wasn't enough running ahead of them. But defensively, after an early start, an, an early bit of a challenge, they were fine. They were, they, you know, they won everything in the air. But Verge was superb, I thought. Um, you know, Verge would come into my reckoning for man of the match. Um, because he was just so cool, but... Well, hold that thought for a minute, Mike. So, we'll go round, and I'll start with you first, Ben. Who was your your man of the match tonight? It's a difficult one, really, because I don't think anyone actually stood out that much. But because it was his debut, because he showed real signs of promise, I'll give it to Gravenberg. Okay, Tom? Again, I, I I agree with Mike Amber. I thought I thought um, I thought Van Dijk had a great game. I think he he done what he had to do. He was solid at the back. I think Gavin Bates played really really well. I think 
give the ball away a few times in the first half. I don't think anybody really was outstanding in the in the first half. I thought Nunes worked hard tirelessly all the way through the game. So I'd go with Nunes for the for, for, for the man on the match today, Les. Okay. Now over to you, Mike. You've now had your time to think and uh, I, I, I said words would come into the reckoning, but I, I, I could repeat everything Ben said. Uh, uh, Gra- Gravenberg gets it for me. I thought I thought he looks comfortable at a time when other people uh, didn't. Not that he, he, you know, not that he was foot perfect, but but I thought he was excellent. Um, you know, brilliant cross for the for the second goal. I'd give it to him. Yeah, I'm. I, well, you know, I thought there was there was it was three players for me in the frame, and they've all been mentioned. Virgil, I don't think he put a foot wrong all night. Um, Darwin Nunes, you know, he scored a good penalty, brought a really good save for the goalkeeper, and he had a hand in the other two goals. But for me, for exactly the same reasons it was said by Ben, it was Ryan Gravenberch for me. You know, considering it was his debut and a bit of an iffy pitch, you know, playing in an unfamiliar midfield, I thought there was bags of promise there for the future. So he just shades it for me. And, you know, it's a performance that that he can be proud of. So just before I finish, I've just had a message from Peter say, for him, supposedly... Supposedly. But he's carry over all. Because of the way he warmed up. Because of the way he warmed up on the line, he thought... He yeah, that's it. He, he thought he was excellent in the first half from the bench. His movements, his movements <laughs> from the benches was second to none. And when he come on, you know, he, he give a masterclass. So Pete just said, I give it to Sabosley I. So, so anyway, we'll move on to the game on Sunday and the visitor vastly improved West Ham, who suffered, you know, a defeat. I think it was the first one of the season at home to Manchester City, you know, last, last Sunday or last Saturday, sorry. So I just wondered, I'll start with you, Ben, on this one. What sort of team do you think that Jürgen will go with at the weekend? So, for example, um, Nunes and Diaz started tonight. Do you think they start again with Mo as the front three on Sunday? Oof. I, I guess this is why Jürgen gets paid the big bucks, isn't it? Because I, I honestly don't know. I, I think you can argue, I'd be, I'd be very surprised but Nunes played the 90 minutes today, didn't he? Yeah. I'd be surprised if he started on Sunday. Um, would you I, start I, with him, though? I Yes, I think I would. But I've got a feeling we're going to see more of Nunes away from Anfield, you know, than at Anfield. I just think he, he's the kind of forward that's going to stretch teams more. And when teams come to Anfield, they tend to play deep. And let's be honest, it's David Moyes, isn't it? So he's going to camp his team out. Like, I mean, fair play to him. He's, he's doing a good job. Like what he did to Brighton this year when he, he had something like about 4% possession or something daft and, and won 3 um, 1 and just picked them off on the break. And that's what he's going to set up to do, isn't it? Um, so I've got no idea what team he's going to come out with. I mean, I hope that Gravenberch is fit and that he, the midfield three, is him, Sabozlai, and McAllister. Um, as a, as a trio, and then up front, you know, let's be honest, Mo Salah's starting, isn't it? So it's two of the others. I'd be surprised if Diaz didn't start. 
So that leaves one place between Nunez, Jota and Gakpo. And the way Jürgen's been picking the team, I'd be surprised if it wasn't Gakpo. Mike, what do you reckon? I, I, I do think it might be Diaz and Salah, and I do think it might be between Gakpo and Jota for the other for the other um, berth. I, I, I it, it's because he gets goals. It might well be Jota, but but Gakpo is also incredibly credible, and I, and I do think uh, it was Tom or somebody mentioned that Nunes had played the full. Um, 90, and I think that might mean that he's on the bench. I think the midfield will be the same as it was the, the last home game. I think it'll be McAllister, Jones and Soboslar. Uh, again, I can't see Graham, but if, if he went off with Cramp, I can't see him starting. Yeah. Uh, Tom, do you think that, obviously... Ibu and Virgil will start as the centre-back pair and Robbo will come back in at left-back. And then it's just a case of if Trent's fitted up to start at right-back or, or Joe Gomez starts. Yeah, I think that, that'll that be the back line, Les. I think he'll go with with, with Virgil and Canate. And I think if Trent's fit, Trent will play. If, if he isn't, I think Joe Gomez will play. I think Andy Robbo will come in. I, I, I agree that Diaz will start. I think Mo. I definitely think Mo will start, and I think Gapko will come in, in in the false nine. I think he'll. I, mean, I think he'll leave. It'll be you know. I think it'll be Diaz. It'll be Nunes and and Jota on the bench. Um, but in midfield is interesting, isn't it? You, you don't know who who you play. They are, I agree with Mike. I think keeping Curtis off and not bringing him on, on at all would suggest that he's probably one of the favourites to play. But, do you know, wouldn't surprise you. Is Thiago fit, Les? No, he's nowhere near yet. He's so. nowhere near fit, no. You don't no. know who he, he might... He might decide to throw Pachetic in as a six, but who knows? But I think, I think with Curtis not playing... And I think it'd be. I hope if he brings cases in, I hope it's not McAllister who's forced to play the six. Yeah, we're not getting the best out. Yeah, the best out of him at all at the moment. We just McAllister does say that that's where he prefers to play, isn't it? Yeah, that's what he said that when he when he first joined. He said me mm. favourite position is to play as the six. Mm. Uh, so, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't think we've seen obviously seen the best of him yet. But it will be inside. I actually agree with with what Yo know, Mike said. I think it will be the same midfield that started, you know, the last home game with the one that, that you know that started against against Wolves with with Curtis, Maka, and Sibosli. I starting and, and again, you know, I would start that with Nunes. I think that it's a really exciting front three: him, Diaz, and Salah. And I would. I would definitely start with that four three, front three. I just wonder, Ben, do you think there's a case that if if Trent is fit and available to start against West Ham, do you think there's a case that Joe Gomez deserves to keep his place and, and start as centre-back alongside Virgil instead of Ibu? There's definitely a case. Because the last time he played centre-half... Um... 
was it New was it Newcastle where he played centre half? Newcastle and then Villa. Yeah, he, he was great in both of them. Um and he's I think he's definitely better at centre half. I tell you what, I don't want to see him in that inverted fullback role again. Because he doesn't suit that. I think Jurgen got that massively wrong. <laughs> but I'm sure even Joe Gomez hated doing that to be honest. But yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be gutted if I saw him next to, to Virgil at centre half um on Sunday. I I I think he'd be fine with that. Um it's gonna be an interesting game on Sunday, isn't it? Because of Antonio's comments in the in the press yeah. this week. Um so I think our centre halves are gonna be uh, right up for it. What have you made of West Ham this season, Mike? Have you seen have you seen much of them? I mean, I watched them when they played against Chelsea and they got they got a good result against Chelsea, and then like you, I watched them against Brighton, and they seem to have did the, did the job on Brighton. But apparently, I didn't watch the game against City at the weekend. But apparently, despite West Ham going one goal up, you know City had loads of chances that you know, would have put them out of sight. So, what have you made of them, and, and do you think that you know, Liverpool will be too strong for them on the day? I like to think they will be because. I don't think they've suddenly become world beating overnight. I think I think they had a, a storming game against Brighton. I, I, I watched a lot of that. They were very, very good. Um Brighton were, were a bit toothless uh, on that day as well. I, I thought Chelsea were awful against West Ham and, and that played into West Ham's hands and they, and like you say, they did they did okay for, for a while against City. Um you know that who else are they 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 got a one one draw with Bournemouth that you know that it's almost like they're um they're in that spot with Villa and where Brighton were for a while before they got slightly better they should be it should be a team that we're beating they'll give us a good game um but but hopefully you know hopefully brings out the best in us and uh, they get subozlied. Yeah, Tom, this is probably something obvious I'm going to say now, but it's vastly important, isn't it, that we go in on Sunday, you know, give a good performance, come out with the three points, you know, to keep, to keep one, the momentum going, two, the, you know, the, the sort of belief that the fans are getting again, you know, the buzz is coming back again, and three, to keep the pressure on, you know, the teams around us, because Tottenham play, Arsenal, I think on Sunday. So one of those teams who are, you know, on the same amount of points of us, one of them or both of them, are going to have to drop points on Sunday. So it's important when rivals play against each other that you win your game and get the three points. That that sort of keeps the pressure on. So, what what what's your view? Yeah, I think I think we we I'd like to think I agree with with Mike and Ben. I think you know like you you'd like to think that we're strong, we're too strong for. For West Ham, I think, I, I think, I think they're, they're a funny side. West Ham, aren't they? It's it's a Moyes team, and Moyes coming back to Anfield, he's just the what Mike said earlier. You know, you know what he's going to come, and you know what he's going to do. I don't think there'll be any secrets. He'll put Antonio up front as a battering ram, and like, and that's basically that's what they're going to do. They've got some ball players up up front with him, but. I, I, I'm like you, Les. I think we've got to be, we've got to beat the likes of West Ham, 
I think you know, no other thing make, makes me confident about us beating West Ham. Apart, we've got so many good players, really, really good players. And you've got hungry players. Even when we were talking about Gravenberts before, like the hungry ball footballers, proper footballers, you can put the ball on the floor and play football. And and these are hungry players who are yet to win, you know, trophies. So I expect Liverpool to be uh, to, to be out, to go out and um, just be better than West Ham on the day. Uh, you know, like I think we're a better team now and we should be beating them. Um, with the quality that we have, I expect us to turn them over, to be honest. Ben, do you think West Ham have sort of spent the, the Declan Rice money well this summer and they, they've now, you know, he was he was by far their best player, but they've strengthened the squad now sort of by buying three or four players now to, to sort of, you know, give them more options. It looks like they have, doesn't it? Like the um what's the the lad called from Southampton they signed? James Ward-Prowse. He, he's always been a decent player, him. Like he's one of those solid Premier League players, isn't he? Like, you know, he get into most teams. And I, I'm surprised that nobody else came in for him. Um so and he's he started out well. They got the lad from Ajax, Kudus, I think. Kudus, yeah. Else. Else. Yeah, so it looks like they've spent well. They've obviously got the Brazilian lads who City were after, weren't they? And then all these allegations came up. Paquetta, Paquita, whatever. Paquetta, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. looks like he's a good player as well. So, like, fair, and it, we all joke about David Moyes, myself included, call him a football genius and whatnot. Yeah, he's done a good job at West Ham. Um, you know, there's a They've got Jared Bowen as well, haven't they? I think he's yeah. a good player. In I think yeah. if if Mo Salah was to ever leave Liverpool, I think we'd be heavily linked with him. Um, yeah. I'm with you on I that. Think, yeah, I think he's a good player. So yeah, I do think they've bought well, and I expect them to be a decent team. I expect, like us, I think they'll be challenging right up to the Europa League, like to to get to the final of that. As long as they avoid us, I think they've got a, a good chance there. But someday. I'm confident. There's there's not many teams coming to Anfield at the moment where I don't expect Liverpool to to not win. And I just think the way we're playing at the moment, Jürgen alluded to it, didn't he, in his interview when he was talking about the, the playing being delayed from from speech. That all the players just were happy and were getting along, and there was a good good atmosphere there. Got the impression last season wasn't like that. Yeah, it didn't, totally it, didn't, agree. it didn't seem like that at all, did it? There seemed to be something not right at the club. But this season, it seems like a new, a completely new a new team, um, a different spirit. So I I think I think we'll batter them on Sunday, you know. Honestly, like I'm really excited for it. I think the the team talk's already been given to us by Antonio. Um, whether he, I don't think he meant anything by it by any stretch of the imagination. I just think he was confident, but I just think you don't say it. You, you don't say it the week before <laughs> you go to Anfield. You don't come out with that. It comes back to bite you. I think yeah. it will. I, I really think it will. So, uh, yeah, it should be a good game on Sunday anyway. Yeah. So I'll start with you, Mike. What's your what's your prediction for for Sunday then? Well, why do you start with me? Um... Gotta start with somebody, mate. All right, so 
I worry about Liverpool's ability to keep um, clean sheets, so I'm going to go with we keep winning games 3-1, so I'm going to go with 3-1. OK. Over to you, Tom. 3-0. 3-0. Now for you, Ben. I'm going to go 5-1. Honestly, like, <laughs> I know... No, honestly, I just think the way we're playing, I really think we're going to take somebody apart soon. Yeah. And if we score nice and early at Anfield, yeah, I'll stick with 5-1. I'm going for I'm going for a 3-0 Liverpool win. And a message from Pete, he said, no matter what score Liverpool win by, supposedly I'll be man of the match. So, <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I'd like to thank Tom, as always, and our special guests tonight, Mike Wilson and Ben Kent Jr., as I always do. When I finish these podcasts, I'll say, justice for the 97, don't bite the sun and you'll never walk alone. Until next time, see you soon.